Okay, this is episode four, I believe. I didn't check before recording, but episode four of Mindset on Things Above. And I have a really special guest with us here today. It's actually my first guest on the podcast. So I am really excited and happy to bring on a very special friend. Heather has helped me. Um, well, first of all, I met her on Facebook. So we really do meet amazing people on Facebook, of course. And I was inspired by Heather's work. And I it took one video of her talking about her upcoming program. It was one video with your camel sweatshirt on that you talked about your outcome for the program and the marriages that you knew God was going to heal by the work Mm -hmm. that you do in your program. And I was like, at the time I felt like, wow, I need work in like my self-confidence and my relationship with my soon to be husband. I wasn't even married yet, but I knew I wanted to make preparations and like work on myself. I was totally sold on Heather and your program and I've been a follower ever since. So I'm really excited to bring on today the lovely Heather Tucker. Heather. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Katie. What an amazing intro. Yay. I love that. <laughs> You're such a special friend. <laughs> Thank you. I feel exactly the same. I'm so connected. I love how Facebook brings people into our lives. Definitely. You know? So I had a certain topic that I wanted to talk about today, and Heather is really the expert on this. And I I have my own personal questions that I want to ask in hearing your experience Um, as far as your ideas of what you thought would be love in your relationships, in your life, in your marriage, and how you went out to seek after that. in your own thoughts, which were not according to God's will, and then coming back and following through with what God has called you to. So I know that a little bit of your story that it kind of went both ways. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of kicking off our conversation, sharing where you started in your love journey, like as far as being fulfilled by another human being and what you craved and desired and how you felt you didn't have that and you went to seek for it and how you mm-hmm. thought you could ful- fulfill it for yourself. Oh, so amazing. Okay. So my story on this starts from a young age when I was a little girl like most of us that maybe did not have a good relationship with our father, we went out into the world to find that through a man, through a man, (laughs) which never works out. But what ends up, you have to go through the experience, right? So my parents got divorced and he drove away with all his stuff. I felt completely abandoned, alone, unloved, like, and then he started dating and now he's married to this woman, but in the dating part, I felt snubbed. My sister and I both felt snubbed. He was taking on the role of her kids and showing them love and giving them gifts and spending time with them. And we're like, 
what about us? Like, we're your first family. We're the we're the girls that you promised, you know, to our mother that you would stay and you would raise us and you would love us and you would show us what it looked like to have a human love. So we were very confused when this whole situation happened. And then because I felt alone and because I just felt discarded, any attention, and I mean any attention because I was super insecure and I didn't like my body and I just, I didn't like a lot of things about myself. I thought, you know, based off of some things that I heard from high school, you know, your laugh is too loud, you're too much and all these things. And so I was going out into the world, like super unsure of myself. And so I would, you know, walk around with my head hung low and not looking in people's eyes and all of those things, you know? And so when any kind of attention came my way, even if it was from a man that normally, like maybe I wouldn't be super attracted to, it felt good. It felt really good. And it felt like I was um, being built up in a way that I wasn't feeling, feeling that feeling, feeling that need. Like I was lacking in the area of feeling loved and feeling appreciated and like just wanting to know that I was wanted, like that I was even wanted to, to be near her. You know what I mean? Like you want me, Oh my God, you're paying attention to me. These are the things I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Like he's seeing this in me. So maybe I am more of, you know, what I think that I'm mm -hmm. missing, you know? So it was like men, they helped me for a long time to build up my confidence because I just didn't have any when mm -hmm. I went out into the world. And so I went relationship, relationship, <laughs> relationship after relationship. And I very easily gave myself to men sexually because I just assumed that that was part of the process mm. of showing love, of giving love, of you know, of having a full commitment with somebody, of showing them that you were fully committed, you were in it, you know, and that you could have all of me. All that makes me. sense. Yeah. So I did that for years. And then I got married. And um, well, actually, no, before I got married the first time, um, I did have a born again Christian experience. And so I think I was 19, 19 or 20 from what I remember. Um, and in that experience, I was shown that God could actually fill me up in the places that I had a ton of holes and he could come into those holes and heal them, put me back together. He could be the one that would love me. He was really, you know, the, the, the person that I needed that humans couldn't fulfill me. And so I had an amazing experience like that. And I was very, very strong in my walk for almost two years. And so when I met my ex-husband, oh, by the way, those two years, no sex. Wow. So, you know, I felt this like call to just have that clean slate, you know, and just like fully focus on God and allow him to like be my husband and be my boyfriend and be my, you know, be my best friend and be my, you know, person that made me feel loved and <laughs> all those kind of things. And that did, of course, it, it did. It was amazing for those two years. 
but then I always wanted to be a mom <laughs> and I always wanted to be married. And so I got married without really knowing uh, the man and he turned out to be super, super abusive. And that experience, which went for four years, gave me two amazing boys, but the marriage itself was horrible, like super abusive. He talked down to me. He beat me down emotionally, and I really quickly lost myself. Like, I completely lost who I was. Wow. He hated anything Christian. He threw out my Christian music. He hated hearing preachers. Like, anytime I was going to go to church, he gave me a hard time about it and all that kind of stuff. So, like, we ended up divorcing after four years, and then I met my now husband, Chuck, when my youngest, Michael, was about nine or ten months old. And in Chuck, he, at that time and place, came into my life as a rescuer. Yeah, I just remember so, thinking, like, Chuck is amazing. Yeah, like, I was so beaten down. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't trust men that much. Um, I just thought all men were going to be abusive because like I come out of my father's abuse and then I went into my marital abuse and I'm like, shit, it's like, are all men like this? Do all men act nice? And then they end up being jerks, <laughs> you know? And so I just didn't really have a nice experience <laughs> with guys. And so when I met Chuck and he was like super nice and he offered to pay our bills and then like he was being like a dad role model for my boys and he was like you know wanting to spend time with them I was like oh my god like he wants to spend time with them <laughs> like it was crazy and at first I was like are you real you know like I was I was like can I actually let my guard down and trust you and stuff and he said that he was a Christian and so what I decided to do with that relationship is instead of moving in fast I gave us a year, and so we dated a year. I actually saw him in the singles ministry, and I saw, like, you have a question? Okay, yeah, I was like, hold up. <laughs> when, okay, yeah, when did he, like, start pursuing you? Was it right away? Like, was he being nice because he wanted to pursue you, or at first was he just being nice? Like, this whole time, did he have feelings for you? Or at what point did you guys be like, oh, let's date? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was dating right away. We actually met on an online dating site. Okay. And so I was, I was like at that point where I come out of that relationship and my friend was like, have you tried online dating? And at that time I didn't even have a normal computer. I just had something that only hooked to the internet and that's like all it could do. <laughs> And so I went on to this website called oneandonly.com, which I have no idea. I don't even know if they're around anymore. Um, but he was on there too. And he had already gone through a lot of women and a lot of like horrible online dating experiences. And so he had told himself, this is going to be my last person that I'm going to try. And Aww. then for me, I was like, I'm going to just try this for a month. So it was kind of like we had that like, you know, thing in the back of our brains. And then when we met each other, I actually was not like, his picture was like attractive. Like it was okay. He actually reminded me of a guy I used to have a crush on when I was in high school that used to be our neighbor. And so he was like a fantasy neighbor guy. <laughs> and so when I first saw Chuck's picture and I was like, ooh, yeah. you know? So I was more thinking about like that guy. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> So when I met him in person, it was like a blind date. We had met at Rubio's 
And um, I like, I knew he had like this ankle accident or something like that. And so he came to the date on crutches and I was like, oh, this is so sad and like pathetic. <laughs> and he was like trying to open the door for me while he had crutches. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was really, really sweet. And I wasn't used to that. Like I wasn't, I just was like, you know, I'm woman empowered. I'm going to open my own fucking yeah, door. <laughs> independent. <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> So it was like nice that he would open the door, you know? So I saw his like gentleman ways and I never had dated anybody that actually like put action behind being a gentleman. Like he, even though we came in separate cars, when we left, he opened like my door and then like he said goodbye. And then we exchanged, you know, phone numbers and I was like, you know, yeah, let's like do something again. And so maybe like a week or something later, he contacted me. And at that time I was having car problems and my ex-husband who was supposed to pay for the car bill didn't. And so I was stuck at the car thing thinking that I was going to get it paid for by my ex-husband. And I was like there with the two boys and I had no way to leave. I was like stuck there with the bill and I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like freaking out, panicking. And so because I had Chuck's number, I, I forgot the story. Um, because I had Chuck's number, I actually called him and here he comes again, <laughs> rescuing me. Yeah. And so he came over and he like paid the bill for us. And I was like crying and I like, he bought us McDonald's and he took the boys and we went on the, um, the slides and everything. And he was like going through the slides with them. And I was like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> who is this person? Yeah. I'm like, because even my ex-husband wasn't, he didn't ever played like that oh. with like the boys. So I just saw things really early on that I was like, hmm, this man, he actually seems different. Like he seems different in his actions. Um, from there, it just took off. Now, the first time that we kissed, it was not that great. It wasn't that great. And I was starting to think like, hmm, I don't know. Kissing's like super, super important to me. <laughs> I need to have like a good kissing session, you know? And so I kind of like pulled back a little bit in my mind. I was like, I don't know. But then something in me was like, you need to give him like another chance. Well, that next time that we got together, a lot of his story poured out. I actually did not know this when I first met him, but he was a virgin. He had very, very little experience, never had sex. So like his point of contact with women, he barely had kissed anybody. Mm. Like he just didn't have a lot of activity. He was super, super shy growing up. And so he just, he did it, you know? And so when I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this guy, like, I'm, I'm going to like open myself up because if that's the case, like I remember how it was for me in the beginning and you just, you know, you can't really judge like in the beginning, you know, cause you need more practice. So yeah, okay. it was, I mean, an answer to your question, like we definitely, we definitely pursued each other from that point. We started to pursue each other even more. So then it was like we were, were talking on the phone more and getting together more. And he was coming over and bringing little gifts to my boys and, you know, and that kind of thing. And, like, if I had to meet up with my ex-husband, he would come there and he was in the middle. So, like, I never had to worry about, like, my ex-husband, mm. like, coming at me in a scary way, you know, that I was really fearful of. So he did a lot. He did a lot for me and for us in the beginning. Okay. So 
I haven't shared like what you do like as your profession, but I think it's so sweet. It's so cute that here's Heather, like you have all this experience, if you will, like with men and growing up uh, with love and everything that you thought was what love was, right? And here's Chuck, he's a Christian and he's like pure and he's a virgin and he doesn't have that kind of experience. And uh, like, I was just thinking of what you do, which is like, you teach women how to be free in their sexuality and in their sexual confidence and their confidence in themselves and with their husband. And you teach things like how to dance and like how to please your husband and really amazing, incredible things. And here's Chuck. He like, doesn't have any experience with any of that. And you're like a rock star. (laughs) Just like Chuck is so blessed. Like God blessed him by giving him you. Like he had no idea. (laughs) I just think it's so cute. (laughs) I I tell him that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, and you know, because Katie and I know each other, we have lots of sexual conversations. I'm, I'm a fucking horn dog. Like it's, I will never tell anyone. I will never hold back that. Like, I am so, like, you know, like a guy. So, you know, with his inexperience and then me, like, going, hmm, like, you know, because I was getting closer to him and, like, I was, like, you know, horny for him. So I was like, do you want to have sex? And this was before we got married. And so he was like, Aww. <laughs> Heather's nodding her head. Nodded. Yes. He was like, yes. <laughs> And you know what? I actually, even back then, and it's so funny that you said that about my program because like now I'm like putting this all together and I never really even thought about it this way, but I actually really, really enjoyed teaching him. Like I really, really enjoyed being the teacher, Yeah, you know, and, and telling him like, okay, now do this, now do this. Okay, go a little bit lower. Okay, that feels good. Now stay there. You know, like I actually really liked it. So it's actually really funny that I now actually help women to to get really super in tune with their body and so that they know what turns them on so that they can then, you know, help their husbands. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is where I like my question comes in where okay you you're married to a christian man you're free to be a christian too now you're not being like harassed or abused for your faith and so now you're in like this wonderful marriage right and everything's taken care of chuck is wonderful but something happens and i want you to share something happens that led you looking for love elsewhere and then roundabout you come back to where the love truly was okay little miss (laughs) (laughs) all right so we decided that we wanted to have our own child together because I saw like how amazing you know Chuck is with the boys and then he ended up adopting them and it was just he just has this like really sacrificial type of love, you know? And I just really wanted him to be able to experience what it feels like from like day one of creating the baby and having his blood, you know, run through him and to be able to hold his own baby. You know, I really wanted him to have that. So we decided collectively to try for our own kid. 
and we ended up having two miscarriages. So both times we got up to four months. So like I was already showing one time I was supposed to find out the sex of the baby. And then I found out, excuse me, there was no heartbeat. And that was devastating. Couldn't even drive myself home. Like he had to come and get me. And then the second time, uh, same thing happened. And well, not with the sex of the baby, but just the heart stopped beating. And so that time, the first time I had a DNC and then the second time I decided, you know what, I think I'm just going to let it come out really. So it went into labor. So I had to go poop. And so then it just, I went to the bathroom and the baby came out in the toilet. It was like the weirdest thing. Very, very traumatic. So Chuck and I went through very like huge traumatic experiences with those two babies. And after that, we decided that we're going to try again. And this was going to be like our last time, but this time it didn't happen as quickly. And so it took us actually a year to get pregnant with Josh, who's now here. Um, And when we did get pregnant with that pregnancy, it was a very, very difficult pregnancy. So I was very, very sick. I had to go to the hospital for being dehydrated. And then basically the entire pregnancy was me taking the same drug that they give to chemo patients for their nausea and very, very strong. And um, Chuck had to give me IV bags. Like I had to walk around the IV bag and he would like change them in the middle of the night. Uh, The medicine made me constipated. So like Chuck would help me put the suppositories up my butt. I mean, it's just this, it was just like so hard, but then Josh came <laughs> and, you know, we still to this day call him our miracle baby because he really, really is, you know, and Josh came and it was the most beautiful experience ever. Chuck fell in love with him and so did I, you know, of course, of course, but then when I was released to have sex, so like six weeks after that or something, six or seven weeks, um, I was like, here I am, you know, I was ready. And so I tried to do exactly the same things that I had done before that would turn him on and would get him hot and would have him running up the stairs with me. And like, I tried to do all the same things. And I, it wasn't like I even felt like I was trying at first. I just naturally was trying, you know, naturally it did the same thing. But for some reason, he started to push me off of him. And the first time that he did that, I was like very confused because he's never pushed me off of him. So he pushed me off of him and I was like, what, like what, what's going on? And he said something like I'm tired or I I don't feel good or something like that. So I was like, okay, you know, and that first time I just questioned. So I didn't get hurt that time. It was more like, huh? Okay. Well, whatever. I guess that's fine. You know, but then a few days later I, I approached him again, same thing. He was like, no. And so then I started to, then that hurt that time. And I asked him why, why didn't you want to have sex? And he would just say, I don't know. I'm just not in the mood. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So this started a huge pattern of like us starting to be sexless. So we started to get sexless. Meanwhile, Chuck is over here, like giving Joshua all the love oh all the touching you know as far as holding wow 
all of the kisses, all of the cradling, all of the, you know, and I started to get really jealous of Joshua. I had some bad thoughts. I won't even say I'm out loud, but like, I was really jealous and I'm like, what, you know, is happening? The only thing that I could think of is that we had gone through these painful miscarriages and now Josh was like finally here and he probably had this sense of like wanting to nurture him and protect him and from dying, you know, because he went through the same traumatic experience that I did. You know, I just, you know, did it in my way and then he did it in his way. So that's like the only thing that I can think of really. But that went on for like years and years and years. We basically lived sexless for about 12 years. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, we would have sex, but it was like mm, once a month maybe, or sometimes it would go once every couple of months. And because like my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation, I wasn't getting either of those. And so I wilted, like over all those years, I wilted, like I was starting to feel dead inside, like I literally felt dead inside. Um, I started to feel like a caged butterfly, you know, um, I don't know, I just felt rejected and abandoned by my husband, even though he would be sitting right next to me, I still felt emotionally and mentally, uh, that I had been abandoned. Like he might as well have driven away with all his shit like my dad did. Yeah. You know? So that's basically the process of how we got sexless. And so during the sexless part, like, I guess it was, maybe it was like five years into the sexless or five or six years. I decided that I wanted to, get my health in order because I had gained over a hundred pounds and, and I know it was from that, the rejection, I just was eating all of my emotions, you know, and I was like still carrying around the pain from the miscarriages and like, so I had loss, trauma, uh, PTSD now of being rejected from my husband. Like I literally was like, should I even approach him? It got to this point where I resented him and I would, I had actually stopped approaching him. I remember for a long time, cause I'm like, I'm so tired of getting rejected. Like this hurts way too bad, you know? <clears throat> and so in my weight loss journey, after I lost my hundred pounds, I, um, started to show like my pictures, like my before and after pictures. And here comes, you know, of course I got a lot of attention from girls and they wanted to get my help with their weight loss journey, which that's actually where my business started back in 2014 is helping women with their weight loss. I actually still do. I just don't advertise it a lot Yeah, because I'm like so into helping women with their confidence and like their sexual stuff that I kind of like don't really market that, but like, it's still there. Like my website for that's still there and all, but, um, in that like guys, started to hit me up in my inbox. Men here locally started to hit me up. And it felt amazing. Mm. It felt so good, Katie. Mm-hmm. And I was thirsty. Yeah, like, you know, I they bet. say like, <laughs> they say you're thirsty. I was like, went from like a desert 
but like not even just the desert where you have like the sand that's loose and blowing around. To me, I feel like it was a desert that had been like rained on and then it had that caked look where it was all wrinkly. Cracked like that's kind of like how split. I, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I felt inside, you know? And so getting attention from other people, it started to make me feel alive again. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel like I was wanted. Um, and at first I didn't respond to them because I wanted to still be faithful. But then there came a point where I was like, I just can't do it anymore, but I really don't want to get a divorce. I was like, I really don't want to get a divorce, but I also really feel like I want to get like, like some of my needs filled, you know? And so I did start to flirt back a lot and I never sent pictures. Like they would send pictures to me, but I never sent any back. Um, It was more just for me. It was more of a flirty um, you know, if they said I look beautiful, I'd be like, thank you. And that was like, all I kind of really needed at that point was like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so that kept, that kept me going for like a really, really long time. Um, and then I think it was like two years ago, let's say it's 21 now. So 2000 and maybe it's 18. I don't know. The years are going by too fast right now. I think it was 2018. I kind of got to this place where I felt more done. And Chuck and I started to talk about divorce. And, um, but then he was like, well, instead of getting divorced, what if you like get your, your needs filled sexually, but we like stay married? And so I was like, what does that mean? I don't understand. And he's like, well, there's a a person at work who is very similar situation to ours and they make it work in their marriage. Like she, you know, when she's horny and he doesn't want it, she'll go out and get it and then come back. So he's like, you know, you have my permission. He basically said, you have my permission to, to do that. And this is a Christian man. Like at that time we were still going to church, by the way, no, nobody knew like what was happening. Wow, yeah. All of it was completely secret. Yeah. We were so good at plastering smiles on our faces, worshiping God. Like I'd be having my hands in the air and taking notes. I was in the choir and like, I was around church people, but like, I never felt comfortable talking about sexlessness because it just wasn't talked about. That was like, one of those things in the church that you just don't, yeah. you know, it's like, that's too, that's too private. So I just kept it to myself. <laughs> and so when he said this, I was, I, and I opened myself up to it and I had my first experience, like going outside of the home, like it was awkward and weird. Right. Because I'm like, is this cheating or not? Like, I don't know. I just was kind of like, was sort of like t- toying with it in my spirit. I didn't really like know how I felt about it. Um, I just know that like the actual sexual act of actually having sex, that part felt good. And so then I just started to do that more and I started to go out more and that was going on for about nine months. So there was a nine month experience where I just let myself loose (laughs) and, you know, I would tell Chuck I was leaving and I kept the tracker thing on. So in case there was any weirdness, he knew where I was. 
And um, so I would say goodbye to him. So he knew the kids didn't know. But I was like, okay, I'll see you in a little bit. And then I would come home, hi. And I would kiss him. It was like the weirdest, it was like kind of like, um, I don't know, to me, looking back and in, in those moments, it was like, okay, I'm going to take care of myself. But now when I look back at it, sometimes I kind of think like, ew. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of believe I was like fine with that. <laughs> but back then I like, you know, it was fine. But like I would come home and I would kiss him goodnight and then I would go to bed. It was just like this, it became like this every day. Yes. When did you guys, <laughs> I know that you guys don't sleep in the same bed. Right. That, and that's still true. And that started a long time ago though. Forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. For always because he snores really yeah. loud. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so in the beginning of our marriage, we did sleep together and he would snore, but it was lighter. And then he gained a lot of weight. So he's actually, I think he's over 400 pounds right now. And so, you know, when you're heavier, you tend to snore louder, right? So, um, yeah, and I am just a light sleeper. So a long time ago, we came to that decision that we were just going to have separate bedrooms. And at first it started where he was on the couch. And then when the boys moved out, the older ones, there was an extra room. Excuse me. So then we turned that room into his. So now he has like... (laughs) Now he has like his, you know, room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you are out getting your needs met and you're both cool with it. You both see this as the solution. He doesn't want it. You do. You both compromise or come to this mutual agreement. What mm-hmm. was the, and maybe we'll, we'll wrap up in a little bit here, but, um, what was the turnaround or what happened that brought you to stop that and come back? Or like, how did that happen? Sure. So when Chuck and I have sex, it's not just sex, you know, it's this whole soul filled experience. Like when we have sex, I feeling the love. I'm feeling the connection to his soul. Sometimes I'll cry, you know, um, and it's so powerful and a huge part of, you know, um, when we weren't having sex, I was really missing that because he's the only person I have ever had that soul experience with. Like I've had sex with so many other people before and I've loved other people before, but like, I never actually had that soul experience. Yes. Now I don't know if that has, I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that we're both born again Christians or if it's that we finally found our actual soulmate. Like, I don't actually know because he's the only person that that I've ever slept with that is a born again Christian. So I don't know if that's like a thing. Like, I have no idea. I've never asked my friends <laughs> that are born again Christians about that. Um, but when I was going outside of the marriage, I actually thought that I could find and have that same experience, uh, just having sex with somebody. And, but I didn't actually know that that's what I was looking for. Like I thought at first that I was just missing sex, but what I was really missing after nine months, I, I really was like, Oh God, I'm not getting what I thought I was going to get from this experience. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling more empty. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) 
I'm feeling less fulfilled. And now I feel like I have to maintain two relationships, you know, like I have to tell my life and, and talk about my life with two people and handle two people's emotions. And it just became too, too much, too much. And for an empath like myself, um, managing too much like that. It, it was just starting to take a toll on me. I was starting to lose sleep. Like I was starting to like the whole thing was just impacting me. It impacted my business because like, you know how um, <clears throat> the first thing, and I actually just heard this from Stephen Furnick. I, I listened to, um, I, I roll right now, I'm listening to his four part uh, kingdom, kingdom clout, C-L-O-U-T series. And he's talking about how like Satan like has access to our mind, right? But he's like his only device that he could really use is distraction and and dissatisfaction, like discouragement. And I can I now looking back, I can see that the tactic that he used for me was uh, distraction, you know, with the sexual stuff from other people. And then also the discouragement that I was feeling because I was not getting it, you know, from my husband. And so I was like, whoa, that's so true. That's like totally how it happens is when we take our eyes off of the Lord and we think that we can get it like the same things from other people, like it just doesn't happen. And so what I realized is that I needed to come home and I needed to talk to Chuck and I needed to tell him like, look, what I actually need, only you can give me and in a human. And what I really, 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 really need though, is to get my relationship with the Lord back on track because I walked, not walked away, but like, I kind of like put him on the burner, you know, like I knew God was with me when I was out. I, I totally felt his presence. Right. Like I felt God in the car mm-hmm. when I was having sex with this other person. Mm-hmm. Like I, he was there. You know, I didn't feel like I was just ignoring him, but like, I knew he was there, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew that he was protecting me and all of the things. So when I came back home and Chuck was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm glad that you had that experience. And I told him, I'm glad I have that experience, but like, I really, really just want you and I need to get my relationship with the Lord. Right. So I did. And now it's been uh, a year. I don't know. I feel like it's been a while, like, but my relationship with God is like super strong again. And, um, the places in my soul and in my heart, because our marriage is still not perfect. We still have times where we go without sex for a few weeks, but in those few weeks, what I do, which is totally different from what I used to do. What I used to do is if I felt like I was missing something, I was looking at what I was missing, what's not going right. I would go outside and try and find it. Mm-hmm. Now what I do is I'm like, okay, here's what is going right. Mm. So I start to get you know more into gratitude and appreciation of what Chuck is actually doing for our marriage, for our family. And I'm appreciating the things that he is actually bringing to the table and, you know, in our relationship. And I will tell him that I will, you know, tell him how much I appreciate him, how much I love him. And I thank him and just doing those kinds of things instead of going to him and complaining about how long it has been since we've had sex and like pointing that out to him. I don't nag anymore. 
like these are the things that we actually work together with right like in my program Mm -hmm. but like I do this all the time still for myself is like I'll appreciate him and I'll tell him and I won't nag and just in doing that like that actually keeps the line open for us you know to have sex when he's ready um and he now knows to not reject me like we've had long talks about like when I approach you, I need to know that I'm not going to be rejected because it, it makes it so that I like, I don't want to be like apprehensive, you know, I want to feel like I can, and I want you to feel like you can when you're ready. So we both have made that agreement to not, um, say no, you know, to each other. So our marriage is obviously not perfect, but it's so much better than what it used to be. Wow. That is, that's exactly what I wanted to glean from you and like share with my audience is that like, we're all on a journey and nobody is perfect, but what is available is the ability to grow, to learn, to love, to be grateful, to be thankful, to be in communion with our spouse and with the Lord, like there is forgiveness and we're not going to be perfect just because we learn from our mistake and we failed in the past. doesn't mean we're not going to make the same mistake again. And now like we're just a dirty, rotten sinner and we're not going to go to heaven. Like, no. And I admire your vulnerability and your openness so much because Like you mentioned how you didn't feel like you were able to share your struggles or get the help that you know you needed from church. And as I listen to you, I can just hear like people criticizing or judging you or saying you should have done it differently or like having all these thoughts. And it takes extreme like surrender and your heart, Heather, what I love is that you're so willing to be humble and vulnerable and share your story if it means somebody else can get helped. Yes, you get criticized. Yes, you get judged. Yes, Christians like harp on you and tell you terrible things. But if you know that... I know, you've seen, you've seen it. <laughs> man, you are here to love and help and like we're on the journey together. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but we can help people like through God's divine intervention through us. It's not just us, but God working through a broken vessel to help another human being to show love, to say, I've done it too. I've cheated too. I know what it feels like to go sexless. Like I can relate to you. Let me blah, share my story and my experience because it might relate to somebody and somebody else is like dying for help. Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly why I put myself out there. Man, and it's not easy. Oh, my gosh. Like, God, <laughs> I just pray that he and he has given you the strength that you need to share your story boldly and openly and with confidence. And I think you're just such a wonderful, amazing person. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, <laughs> Okay. Well, there is there's like more questions that I could ask and there's more stories to be told. But before we leave, um. What are you working on right now? Like what is available right now if people go to your website or your Facebook page or like what is the most recent thing that is available in February of 2021 and where can we find you? (laughs) Well, because it's the love month, this is like perfect to like kick it off with your interview. (laughs) 
but yeah, this month I am really focused on helping relationships. And so on my profile, Heather Tucker, which I don't know if you put links in the show notes and all that, but you'll actually see my program. It's called Sexify Her. Mm -hmm. So click on that link. If you want to join us, it is amazing. The family in there is amazing. It all kind of like goes at your own pace. So there's videos in there to watch. You learn, you apply, you start to see and feel yourself shift, which when you start to radically shift yourself first, that is where your marriage and your relationship will start to radically shift. It has to start within ourselves yeah. first. And that's what I learned. And that's what I teach inside my program. So there's actually 11 principles inside there that you'll learn and you'll open your eyes to, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before. Let me go try it. And then you're going to see how quickly things will change mm -hmm. in your relationship. I see that all the time. So that's the program. Another thing that I have actually opened up for this year is one-on-one -on -one clients. Yeah. I actually feel, I feel more connected to a woman when I could see her face. And when I could feel her spirit and we can pray together and we can go over whatever has gone on that week and actually have a, you know, a strategy and an action plan that is specific to her that she can actually apply in her own, you know, life and in her own relationship. And so God actually put it on my heart the end of last year to start talking about it. And at first I was like, am I ready? <laughs> like, am I ready yet? And he's been telling me, like literally Katie, he's been telling me yes for like months. Yeah. And it took me a few months to actually come out and just start talking about it. But now I am, and I'm really, really happy because I can tell like women are reaching out to me and there's more women out there that are either born again Christians or maybe they grew up Catholic or maybe they like several of my friends now are from India and like in India, they're all virgins until they get married. So they have no experience and they go into the bedroom, not even knowing what to do or how to communicate. Some of them have never had an orgasm. So a lot of what I'd love to do is help women. Like I want to help you no matter if it's my program or one-on-one, -on -one, I just want to help all women to feel good about themselves to feel and you know love the body that God gave to you because we're all uniquely made, right? We're mm -hmm. all fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I really want to help you to learn and love, you know, and appreciate yourself and then build up, like build up yourself so that if you have a relationship, you can then, you know, take it into the bedroom. And I'm telling you right now, Katie's going to probably attest to this, but when your confidence in yourself rises, and you actually have more head knowledge on what to do and how to do it. And you're coming with that confidence to the bedroom. Like your partner is going to be like, like blown away. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. what happened? What happened to my woman? She's on fire. <laughs> right. I wish the podcast could see your face yeah. because you're just like all eyes and so lit up and excited. <laughs> it's amazing. What's amazing that because I have the experience of guys reaching out to me, I now understand their motive because I've talked to a lot of men about why they do that. 
because some of them were married too. And I'm like, well, what's missing in your life? Like, why are you feeling the need to reach out and tell someone else that they're beautiful instead of your wife? Like what, what's happening there? And so I have gotten to know a lot of men's responses and most of what they say is that they're feeling rejected too. And they're feeling like their wife doesn't want them. And they feel like their wife, you know, um, like when they say don't want them, they're taking it that way. But now that I'm working with the women, I know it's not that it's because they're feeling insecure about their own body. They're not loving themselves. And so, you know, the, (laughs) both people have a perception. And so if I could get both people working together and really communicating, which is what I do now, uh, the marriage just explodes and it becomes so much better. Like, you know, the one friend that we have in common, her husband has constantly come to me and say, she's like more open and I'm so thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I feel like I'm not only helping women, I feel like I'm also confirming the men because you know how men need to feel respected and wanted and understood too. So I feel like me helping women is actually, it's helping the men because then we're building them up and then they don't have that need to reach out to other people. Right. So I feel like it's helping like this whole, like even like so far beyond what I ever thought it was going to be with the program and with one-on-one, it's just, it's turning into this thing that God is just using. And now it's got like a life of its own. So I have no idea what's going to happen with it. I've been visualizing and manifesting, like talking on stage about this stuff. So I don't know, like timing wise when that's going to happen, but I'm so open to like speaker panels and like talking to big groups of people when COVID's over and stuff. So I feel like all of this is preparing me for just so much more than, than I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love the work that you do. And I think God is able to use you partially because you're so willing to be open and vulnerable and just lay it all out and expose yourself. And, and that creates trust with your audience. I was going to say, and we'll, we'll end with this, but I was going to say, like, I feel so open to share anything with you. And like, I feel such a connection with you because you're not judging me and you are so willing to share your experience and say, this is how I failed. This is what I did. And so I really don't feel like there's, there's nothing to hide. And you are very like almost provocative and like what you teach and how you teach because you're not ashamed and you're not afraid and it's so freeing and beautiful. And so I totally encourage anyone to like reach out and do one-on-one coaching with you because it's like a friendship that will be created for life. Like you'll have such a beautiful friendship, a strong friendship with Heather and she cares so much about the Mm -hmm. ladies that she serves. Like she cares wholeheartedly. You're not just another client to like check off her list or another dollar in her bank account. Like you feel that from some people sometimes, but oh my gosh, I felt it from you from the very beginning, from that first video. I was like, that girl can help me. And like that girl is helping so many people in so many marriages. So thank you, Heather, thank you. for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and being my guest. I'm so excited to share this <laughs> podcast. I love you, Katie. Yay. Okay, I'm going to end our podcast here. Thanks for tuning in. I will link your information in our show notes. I think I know how to do that on Anchor. I'll link the information that you share with me, Heather, so it will be available. Otherwise, Heather Tucker on Facebook. Search her out, and I will see you next week.